these guys are professional athletes. No one made them a professional athlete from a physical preparation standpoint. Like they're there because they're that talented. Yeah. We can add little things to be able to increase their tissue tolerance, increase their movement capacity, increase their ability to produce force a little bit faster, but they're still a professional athlete because of their own physical genetic gifts. Hello, and welcome to the Physical Preparation Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Robertson, and I'll be joined on the line later today by Dr. Stefan Valdez of the Movement Lab in Miami, Florida. Now, before we jump into this week's episode, I want to give you a quick recap of the week that was, give you a little insight as to what's new in my neck of the woods. So let's jump right in. So first and foremost, it's been pretty fun here lately. Normally, this is a very dead period for me when it comes to coaching. There's been a lot of coaching going on the last week or two. It's been really fun. So normally I don't have any of my basketball guys. I got one or two of those guys around for a short period of time. It's been great seeing them, great catching up with them. Got a handful of my college people back, which I love this time of year because of that. I love the fact that they come home, they come in the gym. It's just part of their routine when they come home is to come into IFAST. So that makes me feel great. Love seeing them. I got my guy G back. That means a lot to me. I absolutely love G. It's been so fun to watch his transformation from professional football player to now professional rugby player. The physical transformation is nothing short of jaw-dropping. I mean, this guy looks fantastic. So it's been great to have all of them in. And coaching is so, I don't want to use the word therapeutic. That may not be the right word, but it's so mentally stimulating for me. And that's why, you know, I really believe I'm going to coach for as long as I physically can because I have so many great ideas. It's constantly getting me to think and challenge what I'm doing on the gym floor. So just love coaching, love having them in. So that's been going great. Don't know if you noticed, but there's a lot of content coming your way right now. So I brought my guy Paul Rutan on to help me just basically, I don't wanna say spam social media because that's not what I'm trying to do, but I'm really trying to create and generate more video content. So my goal is each and every day on Instagram, on the YouTubes, I'm putting out some form of video content. And sometimes it's just exercise demos. Sometimes it's what I call talking head videos, where it's me just riffing on program design or something that I'm seeing or thinking about. And then there's other ones. I kind of think of it as a how I see it type post. So like, hey, here's something I'm seeing in the gym and then here's how I coach it or cue it. So really trying to create just a very practical approach to you know video content and making sure it's practical for you to use as a trainer a coach or a rehab professional so the video stuff's rolling podcast is rolling you know if you follow me on instagram i've been trying to show the growth that's happened in the show and i wish i could put my finger on oh this is what's changed i'm not totally sure what's changed but i can tell you our downloads over the last couple months have continuously grown. Like we broke through that 30K download in a month barrier, which was huge for me. And it's just great to see the podcast growing almost each and every week right now. So got tons more great people lined up to interview. I hope you continue to enjoy the show and that it continues to provide value for you. So podcast is rolling. I know this is a big one, but I'm gonna really, 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 really try hard to create more written content. And I actually put up a post about this earlier this week, but kind of like coaching is, is mentally stimulating, 
written content for me is very important for helping me streamline and organize my thoughts. So I think like anybody that does this for a long time, you have lots of ideas bouncing around in your mind. You have certain biases or thoughts as to why certain things work. But until you take the time to sit down and organize that, and for me, sometimes it's writing an article, sometimes it's shooting a video, uh, sometimes it's creating a, a presentation, forces me to sit down and streamline and organize these thoughts. So, you know, I'm going to do my best to try and create more written content in the year to come. So keep me to that. If I'm not creating written content at least once or twice a month, feel free, call me out on social, shoot me an email. Just let me know that I'm not doing what I need to do. Uh, what else is new? I hired a nutrition coach. Again, that was in uh, this week's blog post as well, where I was talking about what's new and what's going on in 2022. Not that I think I'm woefully out of shape, overweight, whatever, but man, sometimes you just look at yourself and you're like, man, I can do a little bit better. I can tighten things up as far as my nutrition goes. And really, this is just like a theme for me in 2022. I really want to elevate myself in all aspects from a physical perspective. So I want to make sure I'm getting the right amount of sleep. I'm training hard enough. I'm fueling my body appropriately. So I want to make sure the physical stuff's dialed in. I want to make sure the business stuff is dialed in. That's why I'm so focused on, hey, look, I'm bringing in other people to help me with this content because I've realized, you know, some, I don't know, 15 years into being a business owner, like I just can't do it all by myself. So I'm really going to go back to this drawing board, try and outsource, find the right people. I've obviously got great people to help me with the podcast. Now I got Paul with the video stuff. So trying to surround myself with other people that can help me elevate my game. So I'm excited to work with Trevor, who's my nutrition coach, and just kind of see where that takes me. And, you know, if I can just kind of summarize this, it's just, man, I'm really fired up for 2022. I feel like the last two years have been kind of strung out for lack of a better term. I feel like all of us have kind of just gotten through it. Some people have thrived, but I would say most of us have either taken a couple steps backwards or just done our best to maintain and hang on. And rightfully so, like it's been a long year and a half, two years, but I think that's why I'm so fired up for this year. Like on all aspects of my life, I'm looking to level up and, you know, with regards to you, like that's part of this too. I feel like the, the more I can level myself up as a trainer, as a coach, as a communicator, then I'm going to pass that on to you because that's what this game is all about. It's trying to help everybody get a little bit better and improve themselves year to year. So that's where I'm at, man. Hopefully I didn't ramble too much. We're going to take a quick break and then we're going to jump into this awesome episode with my guy, Dr. Stefan Valdez. It seems like almost every day I talk to trainers and coaches who are frustrated. Maybe they're frustrated with the results they're getting. Maybe they're frustrated because they don't have trusted resources to learn from. And maybe they're frustrated because they simply don't have enough clients and wonder how long they'll be able to stay in this industry. So if this sounds anything like you, I've got something that I know will help. My Complete Coach Certification was created for trainers and coaches just like you, who are serious about the results they get and know that becoming a better coach can directly translate to a bigger bottom line. This certification takes the last 20 years of my life's work and puts it all into one massive course. In it, you're gonna learn how to use the R7 system to create seamless, integrated, and efficient programs for clients and athletes of all shapes and sizes. 
One of the best pieces of feedback I've gotten about the Complete Coach Cert is that people that train gen pop people and people that train high level athletes and everyone in between is taking something away from the course. You also learn how to create the culture, environment, and relationships with everyone you train so you can get the absolute best results. You're gonna learn the exact progressions, regressions, and coaching cues I use in the gym, from squatting and deadlifting, to pressing and pulling, and everything in between. And last but not least, I've got an entire section on my assessment process and how to use that to write programs faster and more effectively than ever before. Now, of course, there's a ton more that I cover, but that should give you a pretty good idea of what the certification is all about. Now, here's the thing. Spots for the certification only open twice per year for a limited time. If you're interested in learning more, my next certification will open soon. And if you join my free insiders list, you'll be able to save $200 when it opens. To get on that insiders list, just head over to completecoachcertification.com. Again, completecoachcertification.com, and then stay tuned for our launch emails very soon. Thank you so much for your support, and I hope you'll pick up a copy of the Complete Coach Cert when it launches. Dr. Stefan Valdez is a physical therapist, strength and conditioning coach, athlete consultant, and gym owner. He's a co-owner of Movement Lab, a training studio based in Miami Lakes, Florida, that works with a healthy mix of general population, professional, and youth athletes. During his clinical education, he interned with the OKC Thunder while Movement Lab was under construction. COVID ended his role working on the team side, however, that also helped propel Movement Lab to become what it is today, a thriving location for many top professional athletes that come down to Miami. In this show, Stefan and I talk about his role as a coach and consultant for NBA players. We talk about the concept of energy leaks and why addressing those are so important for keeping guys healthy and on the court. We talk about the difference between protective and performance-focused training and how you should skew your focus depending on the time of year. And last but not least, we talk a little bit about tendon health and why that's such an integral piece of the puzzle for your athletes. This was a fantastic show, and I really think you're going to love it. But enough for me, let's do this. Stefan, thanks so much for coming on the show here today. Really excited to chat with you. Could you start by just telling us a little bit about yourself? Well, first of all, thank you for having me. It's uh, definitely a pleasure being on here with you as I've listened to your podcast many times. So for me, being the guest is really cool. So a little bit about me. I graduated University of Florida where I was a first started out as a video intern. And then I graduated with kinesiology degree and I was a strength conditioning intern over there. And then I went on to the private sector to go into strength conditioning as well, like in terms of training and finishing my degree in physical therapy school at the University of Miami. And then now I currently am a con athlete consultant, also work with athletes in physical therapy and strength conditioning. Some nice little hybrid between that. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. So talk to me. What led you to the world of like physical preparation, working out? Like what got you interested in all this? So initially it was back in high school, I'd say. I was really intrigued by the, uh, what is that, that that they put on Sports Center, like the sports science uh, segment oh, that they yeah, would yeah. put? Yeah. I, uh, now I know it doesn't really work that way, but it was always <laughs> something that was like, oh, wow, like that's that's really cool. Right. So I always knew I had like that type of interest. Um, I wanted to get into like basketball coaching, actually. And then I kind of saw this other side, like this whole training performance, physical preparation aspect. I'm like, wow, this is this is what I really want to do. So I just kind of like dove head in with that throughout my entire career. 
That's awesome, man. That's awesome. And you kind of mentioned, you know, your different stops along the way, but talk to me about like your professional career, because I mean, you've obviously had a lot of success. People want to know, not just like where you're at, but like, talk to us about kind of the journey and some of the steps you had along the way. And then talk to me about your facility now and what you do on a day-to-day basis. So it's definitely been a long process. Um, I started out, like I said, as a video intern. So I did that for about two years, unpaid position, just kind of like learning the game of basketball as much as possible. Right. So over there at Florida, I would be like doing scouting edits for coaches for their games. And then just kind of coming up with like player development, like work for the coaches as well. So then that led to strength conditioning. I was kind of like my way in. Okay. And then I worked with under Preston Green at Florida was like one of the top of the line, like college strength conditioning coaches out there. So that was my first taste in strength conditioning was under this world renowned coach. So I'm yeah. like, wow, like not many people get that opportunity. Sure. And then that led to me going back home to Miami, just working in the private sector for about three, four years, um, just regular training studio facility. We were a thrive location actually. So that's a Mike Boyle disciple. Okay. So we learned a lot of like his methodologies and his principles, which was definitely really good compared to my college strength conditioning experience. Very different. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Training general population actually for the first time too. That was also a nice change. And then I went to physical therapy school, University of Miami. Stayed working at the same facility throughout school the entire time, just kind of like learning and, and practicing what I'm learning, which right. was really cool and being able to do that. PT schools taught me the ability to critically think, which is, I think, very important and, and not my other previous experience was like, okay, I was so young and naive back then that I only did whatever the strength coach at Florida did just because he was so smart and so much better than me. So I just did what he did. <laughs> right, right. Which was a great starting point. Yeah. However, it was still limiting that critical thinking aspect, which allowed to flourish in PT school. Yep. Um, from then, during uh, my last two clinical rotations of school, I was able to do that with the OKC Thunder. So that goes back to the Florida connection because mm-hmm. Billy Donovan and his coaching staff were there. And then they went to OKC. So they kind of ke- I kept in touch with them throughout, just nurtured those rela- relationships. So they brought me on as an intern, a performance intern over there, which was my first taste into professional basketball. So that was a really interesting experience, just learning under so many people very similar to me because they were very big in that physical therapy performance realm yep. where like their strength coaches were PTs as well. Mm-hmm. Their athletic trainers were PTs also. So I was more on the performance side, just kind of like being able to learn from them, which was a great opportunity. Internship ended. So I went back home to Miami. I had my training studio, which opened up in kind of like backtracking right before I left to OKC, my training studio opened up, which is called Movement Lab. So that is a semi-private boutique training studio. We do one-on-one, we do some physical therapy. We also do like athletes as well. Yep. So that started, my partner was the one who ran it at the time completely during the whole build-out process. So by the time I finished my internship, the build-out process was was done. <laughs> so I kind of came back and like, okay, let's yeah, let's, let's train it, let's... Let's get rolling. Meanwhile, my partners had to deal with all the craziness. So <laughs> they did it with that. So I was here for about three, four months. I got a call from the Detroit Pistons and they wanted me to go over there to be part of their staff as a G League strength coach. I initially turned them down and then they end up calling back, upgrading their offer. And it was more of a hybrid position where it was like 
you're head of G League, but then you're also with the Pistons as well. So it's like you're back nice. and forth. So uh, I was like, you know what? Let me let me go check it out. So ended up taking a plane over there, and it was like real cool opportunity. Where it's like they they had my name with uh like coming off the the escalator in the airport. It's like oh wow, they're giving me the VIP treatment. Like <laughs> right. I never had something like that. Right. I had the car service pick me up, take me to a facility, met everyone over there, and it was more so. Like they were sold on me, but I was like, I want to make sure this is something that I want to do because right. I also had my facility down here. So just kind of like meeting everyone. I'm like, you know what? Like if, if I don't do this, like I'm going to regret it and I'm always going to think what if. Right. So I ended up speaking to my partner and he was like, like, you got to take this. Like this is something that could turn into something like you, you don't know. You worked so hard for so long for the, these opportunities beforehand and yet you're turning them down now. Yeah. So I decided, you know what, I am going to do it. And honestly, it was a great decision. Um, great opportunity. The staff over there in Detroit are fantastic people, fantastic mentors of mine as well. So that just led me the opportunity to learn from them, apply what I learned from OKC, applied what I learned from Florida, and just like put it all together. And I was also in charge of my own team as the head of the G League. So that was a real interesting opportunity where I had never done something like that beforehand. Yeah. I was always an assistant. Yep. And then whenever I was with Detroit, it was like easy because that's a role that I've already done before. So that was great. COVID hit. Yeah. And everything we shut down. There. Yep. So we were one of the teams that didn't make the bubble. And we're also one of the teams that had like one of the first players that ended up with COVID. Mm -hmm. So we were in shut down. Like we didn't even know what to do. Right. And then it got to the point where it was like, okay, like after that whole first initial, like few weeks, like you're, you're allowed to go home. We're not in the bubble. Um, we'll figure it out later kind of thing. And then my contract was ending in July. So they told me, do you want to go work from home in Detroit or work from home in Miami? And I was still working to the end of my contract. And I'm like, I'm out of here. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know decision. what's going to happen with this whole COVID situation. So, but you know what, let, let me go home, be with my family. And also the scare of, the gym, my, my training studio, Movement Lab, we had just opened up six months before COVID hit, technically. Right. So we didn't have like the whole rainy day fund set up. Um, our build-out process took four times as long as it should have. Yeah. So just the expenses kept racking up. We were scared. Like, yeah. Like, what's next? Our We had just broken even in terms of like profitable by a few hundred bucks come January, February, and then boom, March. Yikes. So that became a priority of mine, especially me coming back down. I'm like, let me see what I can do to help. My contract was ending in July. Like, I don't know what was the, the plan with that. Once it came to the end of my contract, they were like, okay, we, we don't know what's next either. So just kind of stand by. I was I'm not getting paid anymore. Right. Like my employment was done and they were still trying to figure it out. I'm still trying to figure it out. So it just became, I was unemployed for a little bit and have a training studio going down the drain. Yeah. Until we kind of figured it out through the, the time and stayed consistent, stayed passionate as we've always been. And we made it out of it and we made it out of it thriving. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. So I would love to talk more just about that space and about how that's kind of grown because you've obviously got a great thing going in Miami, especially in the fact that like, look, a lot of guys are probably way more excited to go to Miami 
in the <laughs> offseason than they are Indianapolis or Detroit. So with that being said, like obviously the destination is nice, but I'd love to hear about your training philosophy because like you've alluded to, you've been in college, you've been in the pros, you've got a, a physical therapy degree, like you've got all these influences. Talk to me about your like overarching big rocks when it comes to training these basketball guys and making them the best they can be. So we try to meet these guys where they're at. Like one, what are they trying to accomplish this off season? What are their goals? Cause getting them being part of like the program design is huge from a buy-in standpoint. These yep. guys are not going to like, you're not going to tell these guys do this and they're just going to do it. <laughs> right. I mean, s- sometimes they might, but at least in my experience, not very that's often. not necessarily the case. So just meeting them where they're at, what they're trying to accomplish, having the understanding that these guys are professional athletes. No one made them a professional athlete from a physical preparation standpoint. Like they're there because they're that talented. Yeah. We can add little things to be able to increase their tissue tolerance, increase their movement capacity, increase their ability to produce force a little bit faster, but they're still a professional athlete because of their own physical genetic gifts yep so having that understanding like we're not changing how they shoot we're not changing certain things like we're just trying to add to what they need what what is the lowest hanging fruit so from a training standpoint we start with our assessment which is concludes a needs analysis we go from a global assessment kind of like a little sfma hybrid yep so we look at squat lunge um, multi-segmental flexion extension rotation all those things, and then just break it down locally to each joint. So is the joint limited because of a mobility issue of the joint? Is it a tissue extensibility issue? Is it a stability issue, motor control? So we try to, we call it ourselves as dysfunctions, but we don't obviously tell them that. Yeah. Because that, that, that language can kind of be taken out out of context. Yeah. So we, we may take mental note notes of those and then we try to come up with a movement preparation routine for them that's specific to them that's kind of like a little corrective routine yep however we're not doing correctives the entire session sure it, we need to know what where its place is which is like a 10 15 minute prep routine to be able to actually lift actually load actually load their tendons um get stronger a lot of these guys don't necessarily lift as they need to as they should yeah, because they don't want to change their shot. They don't want to do this. Like, and they're, they're hoopers. Like, they, they enjoy that. Like, lifting to them sometimes is not necessarily the thing. Right. So, from a training standpoint, that we just kind of like each person's different, and then we come up with a program based on them, based on what they need, and then also talking to their teams. So, one thing that's helped me a lot is I was in a team position beforehand, so those team staff feel comfortable. Hey, this is what we think. What do you think? And, and it's going like back and forth, figuring out a camaraderie, like collaborative effort, because we're, we're stronger in numbers. Yeah. I don't have the answers. They may have the answers too, or not, but right. together we can figure it out. Yep. So it's all about like figuring it out for each athlete as, as everyone's different and, and just coming up with like a training plan for that, for that off season. I love that. Yeah. I don't like the term dysfunction. 
Uh, I'm <laughs> sure I used it in the past as well. But again, like you, yeah, like you said, there's a negative connotation there. But I think something along the term or along the lines of like energy leaks or something like that, where like, hey, this is something we can clean up and you turn it into a positive, right? Like, hey, if we clean this exactly. up, maybe we'll get your knee feeling better or we'll help you, you know, with your first step just a little bit. Like trying to spin it from a negative to a positive works way better than talking about the 20 dysfunctions that they have every time they move, you know? Yeah. There's nothing what is functional honestly. Right. Oh, I know. Like, yeah. There's there's nothing that's perfect. These guys are where they're at because of their skill and because of their genetics. Yeah. You bring up another great point too in the sense that like we're all support staff, right? We're not skill development coaches. We're not a head coach. We're there to support the athlete. And I think that's such a great point that a lot of us miss out on, especially when we're young, right? Because mm -hmm. we think like we're the show. We can help them get bigger, faster, stronger. And as you know, especially the higher levels you go to, like these people have all of the genetic gifts, all yeah. of the tools. We're just there to try and <laughs> maybe put a little icing on the cake and hopefully make sure that they don't. I, again, injury prevention is a myth, but the whole idea of reducing the likelihood of injury is really important to those guys. Certainly. So one of the most difficult pieces, and I know you know this too, when it comes to the off season is programming and being able to blend speed, strength, power, conditioning, and like you alluded to, the tissue adaptations that are necessary for them to be successful over an 80, 90, 100 game season. So with that being said, what are some of your thoughts on touching all these bases in training? So we start off with like a work capacity phase, a GPP, just focusing on that tissue tolerance. Because yep. I think, in my opinion, a lot of these guys do not necessarily load adequately off-season and in-season. Yep. So that's going to establish that foundation, that baseline. Like a lot of these guys are, especially if they're talking about the professional level, they're already powerful. They're already fast. They're already explosive. So we're not necessarily need to touch those so much as you would in like a high school or a college yeah. athlete, which you would be able to focus on those aspects a little bit more. Once we transition from a work capacity, then it's more so, okay, what, what, are, the, what are their needs or do they need to gain more muscle mass? Then we focus on that. Is it more so strength? Then we focus on that. So it's more so like focusing, say if it's speed, if we still focus on that too. Yeah. At the end, we transition to more like sports-specific, explosive-type training. Um, I like the flywheel. We, we utilize the XFly, and that's been a, definitely a, a nice big component for us to be able to train that fast, eccentric component, which is great also from an explosive standpoint and getting those tendons to be able to absorb force fast. Yeah. No, that's and a, then to be oh, able sorry. to reproduce it. No, that's exactly <laughs> No, that's beautiful. And, it well, number one, it reminds me, I don't know if you know Chris Chase with the Memphis mm -hmm. Grizzlies. But we did a whole podcast, and I think we name-dropped Exerfly about eight times. So I know he's a big fan of them, too. Oh, I think so. they should send you one, then. <laughs> right? They need to send me one, man. I'll take a sponsorship. But the the great point you make there, and this is something that I talked about, uh, I don't know how long ago it was, but with a guy named Dr. Keith Barr, he talks about the difference <laughs> between protective training and performance yeah. training. And this is a weird thing for a lot of people to think about, because... A lot of coaches think of ourselves as performance coaches, right? Mm -hmm. Bigger, faster, stronger. And the, the coin is kind of flipped with these high-level athletes. They need more of that protective training. So like you alluded to, we got to load them. They need a GPP phase. You got to prep the tendons and some of these other soft tissues that maybe aren't as sexy but are incredibly important for keeping these guys healthy. Yeah. You definitely have to 
at least converse with the athletes on like, okay, this is to be able to mitigate these risks of these injuries, to be able to get you playing longer at a higher level too. So that way they do what you want. And then eventually you kind of do what they want from a training standpoint. You, you focus on this, you do the sexy stuff. You, you have fun with it, which is what they kind of want to do. So it's like a, a give and take kind of situation with them. Yeah. Well, and I think one thing that a lot of people don't fully grasp either is just how intense the game is right now. Granted, I'm a little bit older, but I remember playing on like a Friday playing whatever 25 minutes in a high school game and then coming back and being really sore and having to do it the next day. And that's high school, right? Like our outputs are so low. Now imagine going and doing that four out of five nights while traveling, while not getting enough rest. Like the demands on these guys is just off the charts. It's absurd. It is. It is. Okay. So I realize this is going to be a difficult question, but I really want to hear your thoughts on this. What are some of the biggest weaknesses that you're seeing in the guys that you train and how are you going about addressing them? Weaknesses. So I say definitely a tendon aspect. So I deal with a lot of tendon injuries and tendonitis. So not enough load to the tendon and too much plyometric jumping activity, especially real soon in the off season. Yep. So we try to like limit that towards later on, like give the court a little break and especially in the beginning to be able to get those adaptations that we need. So I say that's definitely big. And then like also that the typical movement patterns that we see in, in when it comes to basketball, it's like significantly limited ankle mobility. Hip extensions are always a big thing for these yeah. guys. Thoracolumbar hypertrophy is always a big thing as well because they're always, they got to get low and play defense and dribble. So always like bending in that, that flexing in, in that specific area, which ends up getting like hypertrophy to an excessive point where they do get these muscular back spasms and issues like that. Yep. So just addressing those issues, but then still the main goal is, is preparation. Yep. So focusing on the physical preparation for these guys to be able to endure this long season coming up. Yeah. Talk to me a little bit more about tendon health. Because I know that's something you're like really excited about. You've worked with a lot of guys on this. Like, what are some of your big rocks there with regards to rebuilding tendons? Because again, remember, like the old school was like, oh, you got to stretch it and ice it and all this stuff. Like, what's your approach to tendon health? Because that's such a fascinating area. So we do a nice variety of things for tendons. Yeah. So isometrics are always a big thing, especially now. Like Keith Barr has pushed out a lot of information when it comes to isometrics. However, we're transitioning more towards like heavy, slow resistance training. Okay. So Jared Amflick out of London is a tendon expert as well. So we utilize him. He consults with a lot of NBA teams. So what he does is he comes in and like ultrasounds the tendon to be able to determine if it's type one, two, three, and four collagen. The more type one collagen, the stronger, the more resilient the tendon is. And then let's say type four would be more of like the generative tendon. Mm. However, now research shows that those degenerative portions of the tendon can heal and can improve and can become more type three and then type two and then type one. So we're able to utilize that baseline testing and then implement, implementing a heavy slow resistance training, um, heavy isometrics, short duration as well, and long duration. And then to be able to see that change, one, in, in how the player feels, how they're moving. And then also from a scan standpoint, where it's like, we're showing them the improvement of the actual tendon quality. 
That's cool. And not just saying like this person's getting better. Yeah. No, okay, that's fascinating because Yeah, so he's been really good with us. Like he he's been very helpful. I gotta check him out because I've not heard Definitely. of him. But like that's so fascinating in the sense that like so many of these things is subjective, right? Like a lot of what we do, unfortunately, is subjective. Like, oh, I feel better, I'm moving better, and that's important. But anytime you can add objective stuff on top that's actually valuable, I think it just adds even more buy-in. So that's exactly. that's cool. I like that. How's his last name? Ant, so like A N T, and then F L I C K. All right, man. I'm gonna check him out for sure. He's the man. Okay. All right. So one final question before we go, because you have this diverse background. You've been in both private and team settings. What are some of the biggest differences between the two? I'd say team setting is always more challenging. Yep. Because you have one, you have to deal with a lot more personalities, egos, and, and things like that, coaching staff, a lot of managing personalities. Yeah. And you get, let's say, 20, 30 minutes to train these players sometimes because that's what the schedule allows. You're in season. You're 20, 30 minutes. Well, what can you do in 20, 30 minutes? You, you try your best and do as much as you can. Right. And so compare that to the off season where it's the private sector. I have sometimes these guys are here for two hours and I can't get them to leave because they're just having a good time talking nonsense. Yeah. yeah. So it's complete different flip where it's like you want to get these guys to stay longer in the, in the team setting and the private setting is like, okay, we, we, we're done. Like we've been done. Like, like <laughs> I got another go. person coming you in. You got to go. Yeah. And then also from like a buy-in standpoint, like for some reason, a lot of players have this a negative connotation, like, okay, you're on a team staff. Like you're not for me kind yeah. of thing. Yep. I don't know how that came about, but that's not necessarily the case. So the team staff has to deal with that issue, yep. even though they still want what's best for the player, the player's perception, like that's not always the case. Yeah. Yeah. Versus me on the private side, they're the ones who pay me. So therefore it's a direct relationship. It's like, okay, like I trust you. Yes. I trust you more. Yes. Yeah. It's so unique in that sense. Like, I just always think about like, well, first off, you hit the nail on the head when they're paying you directly and they're coming to you on their own free will. There's a certain level of buy in and trust right off the bat. Right. But I don't have your experience in basketball, but I definitely had it in soccer where I was working with some of the top guys in MLS. And then as a team, I was working with the Indy 11. So it's a division below, right? Mm -hmm. So these guys that are at a higher level are paying me in their offseason to come work with me. And I can't get the guys at the lower level to come because I'm the team guy. Yeah. You know, it's like such a weird relationship like that. But I don't know. Like, that's why I prefer private sector, because I know the guys that are with me want to be there and they're going to give me their best effort. Yeah, definitely. And and even like, like what you alluded to right now, it's like you could be on a team staff and you have these 15 players. Um, let's say this one player is a pain in pain in the ass. Yeah, you're still stuck with him. Yeah, you still have to figure out a way to get him to train and 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 do what's needed for the team's benefit. Yeah. If I have a player who's a pain in the ass and doesn't want to lift, okay, goodbye. Like, I'll, that's totally fine. Like, I don't need to train you. Right. Right. So it's it's much easier to be able to train in the private sector. Where it's like I can pick and choose my clientele who want to train with me versus I'm they're forced to train with me. Yes. Yeah, it's so just it's a lot easier. It just starts the relationship off on the wrong foot. Mm -hmm. I feel like, right? And and, and it's no, unfortunate. 
It is. It doesn't have to be that way. It is, especially when you think about the fact that they're going to be with their team eight or nine months out of the year. So it benefits everybody to have a strong relationship with your staff or with your club. So Yeah. So my role as a consultant now for, for these athletes is, one, giving them a voice when it comes to anything medical and performance because I speak the language yep. of the team and not necessarily the athlete does. Yep. So I'm kind of like that second opinion or let's say we need to bring in a physician for the second opinion. I also provide that. And then also help build that trusting relationship between the player and the team. Uh, I like that a lot. I like that a lot. So like this is something that I've always thought about with myself because people were like, oh, well, you should have like this really like big opinion of yourself because you work with professional athletes. And I'm like, uh, actually, I brought about the lowest opinion because, you know, if there's a hierarchy, right? There's the staff, right? Like the head coach, the assistants, all that. Then there's like the performance staff who's, you know, we all know, like those are support staff. They support the coaches. And then if you're in the private sector, you're like the support staff of the support staff. Exactly. So like your third tier, it doesn't mean you don't have an important role. It's just like be conscious of who you are and your kind of your role in all of this. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely egos have to be put aside for the betterment of the player to be able to get, get what it's needed during the season. Yeah. A lot yep. of times the private sector also gets a bad reputation of, of doing too much and, and being too involved and, and making things difficult for the team when it doesn't even have to be that way either. Right. So it kind of works back and forth as well. Absolutely, man. Great stuff. Okay, big question time, Guy. If you could alter the space-time continuum <laughs> and give young Stefan Valdez one piece of advice, what would it be? I would say to... Enjoy the moment. I like Enjoy it. the moment just because things go fast. Mm -hmm. Like I remember my first game where I was like, wow, like this is, this is great. Nowadays, like I go to a basketball game, it's no longer as great because that moment was too great <laughs> to be able to <laughs> compare to. Right. So just being present in the, in the now, not so much worried about the future. Things always work itself out when the right people are, are involved and, and just passion is there to be able to push forward. But just, I say just being president and enjoying the moment. I love sometimes it, I, I tend to think too far ahead and I kind of lose myself sometimes. I think that's fair. And I think a lot of us probably do that. So that's Very solid true. advice, solid advice, man. Okay. So lightning round, I had four, but I'm going to add a fifth question in here, but let's start, start with maybe an easy one. What's your career highlight so far as a coach? I'd say where we're at right now with my training studio movement lab, yep. going from 70% loss of revenue to 300% from where we were like right before COVID wow. to the point where we're now moving into a bigger facility because we ran out of space, Good for which you, is man. a great problem to have. So we started off at, we started off honestly at a pelvic care physical therapy clinic Wow. Where I just laid down mats Yeah, and it was a, Terrible experience. <laughs> they, the person didn't even trust me with a key or anything. I had to sometimes get the, the cleaning lady to be able to let me in and my clients. And oh then we transitioned to another physical therapy clinic for the same thing. We just laid down mats. And then while our place was getting built out next door, we finally moved over. So this was like about almost a year of, of training with plastic mats that I would just throw down that I bought from Sports Authority at the time. Yeah. And then now we were in a training studio, thousand square feet. It was primarily general population and it was doing well. It was doing solid. It was, it was able to maintain my partner at the time. And then now 
once we brought in, once I came back down, like the professional athlete kind of just exploded where a lot of guys just kept coming down. Miami's not a bad place to be. Right. And then we, we outgrew it. A thousand square feet can go by real fast. So yeah. you have six people in there, especially if they're, they're really tall, like you ran out of space <laughs> real fast. Yeah. So that's one thing most people don't understand. Just the sheer space that a six 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 eight six ten human being takes up is more so than your five three gin pop client. Yeah. So, <laughs> okay, number two, talk to me about Brandon Knight. That guy's killing it, man. Brandon Knight's my guy. He Love was the. That. He's great. He was one of. The, he was the first guy that came down because he was in Detroit with me at the time as well. Yeah. So he was rehabbing in Detroit, and I was already down in Miami. So the Pistons comes like, oh, we already have a guy there anyway. So just go work with him. So he comes in. He's like, oh, yeah, like, I remember you. I'm like, yeah, I was there with you. <laughs> so it's actually a funny story with him because, like, I played against him when I was in high school. Okay. I was obviously on the bench. Like, I didn't play actual <laughs> the game. He was on the bench, too, because their team was up by 40. Oh, okay. So technically, I played against him in some capacity. Yeah. But so I, just growing up watching him play and, and playing against him is just like an interesting experience. And he's one of those guys, like he's the example for a lot of these other players, a lot of these other young guys that I have coming in just because his work ethic, like he's, he could be a strength coach, honestly, right now, because the amount of time that he's put in there, his knowledge level, his ability to ask questions, curiosity, like it's, it's unparalleled compared to any other player. Love it, man. Well, I just love seeing like you flashed uh, his G league stats I think the other day, and he's just killing it right now, man. And I know it's been a journey. Support my guys. I know it's a journey for him and for you guys together. So give him my best, dude. I'm secretly Definitely. following him and cheering for him. So that's awesome. He's going to pull through. Uh, absolutely. He's going to make it back. I'm confident. I love it, man. He just needs the right opportunity. Love it. Number three, favorite thing about living in Miami? The weather. Yeah. I was up in Michigan. It was cold. <laughs> okay, see, it was cold and windy, just not as cold as Michigan. Yep. So like right today's 82 degrees and it's December. So you, you can't beat bad. that anywhere else. Obviously no. in the summer it gets really hot, but yeah, it's I, really nice down here. I, I could imagine. Okay. <laughs> off, off the script. What's the run like down there in the off season? I mean, I just look at the dudes that are coming through your gym and I'm sure there are other guys in Miami that don't necessarily come to you yet. What is the run like down there in the summer? Is it just ridiculous? The pickup games? Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're like some one time there was like 30 guys, NBA, like pro guys in there all yeah. at once. And they, they were annoyed because there's so many guys in there. Yeah. Isn't that so funny? It, it, it is. <laughs> like the, Miami's such a, a location where like guys will come down just to play pickup. Yeah. Especially okay. this past off season where like it was the spot. Like LA was a big spot. It's always going to be yep. New York as well. But with these COVID shutdowns and everything, Miami became the yes. next big spot as well. Yeah. So we have a lot of guys that, that come in and, and they love it. They, they enjoy it. And they're able to get this work that is what I consider pretty good compared to other places, but we, we like to work with them. I love it, man. I love it. Okay. Last but not least, number five, what's next for Dr. Stefan Valdez? Um, next is our, our training studio opening up. So I okay. say hopefully in March. Because yes. construction takes forever, and we have no idea on it how long permits never goes the way you want it to at all. <laughs> so what we say is like, if it's we think it's going to take three months, we're going to double it. It's going to take six months. Yep, That's just smart. in case, maybe yeah. even triple. 
So hopefully in March, that'll be just in time for the next offseason NBA-wise. It'll be mid-offseason come NFL, so they won't get to enjoy it as much as the basketball players. But right. we'll have about 3,200 square feet in the new spot. So oh, wow. we'll have showers, two showers in there. We'll have two offices. We'll have a physical therapy clinic, like full oh, physical nice. therapy clinic as well. And then the open access gym area to be able to train our one-on-one clients, semi-private clients, and then our athletes as well. Dude, that's going to be so fire, man. I can't wait to see that all done and being repped on the gram, dude. You guys are killing that's it down it. there. Appreciate it. We got a good marketing team that they help out with us too. <laughs> yeah, that's what I need. <laughs> well, Stephanie, I mean, go ahead. We never we never did the marketing beforehand, but like, there's always a need to it. So, Especially where you're at, right? Exactly. You're in a competitive market. It's not like it's, I don't know, Lafayette, Indiana. No, no disrespect to Lafayette, Indiana. I'm sure it's great. But Stefan, man, you've been awesome to catch up with today. Thank you so much for your time. Where can my listeners find out more about you and all the great stuff you're doing? Um, most likely Instagram. So it's Dr. Stefan Valdez with the dot in the middle between Dr. and Stefan. Um, and then our Movement Lab Training Studio. So it's at Movement Lab Training as well. So we, we, we mainly post more on the training studio page. I currently do not put too much i kind of start and then i i, I always fall off <laughs> so like <laughs> i haven't too. like started and stayed consistent with like the posting and the the content creation but eventually i'll get back to it i love it man i love it well stefan thank you so much for coming on today it was really great i appreciate you for having me all right my friend that does it for this week's show with dr stefan valdez Really hope you enjoyed it. He's a great guy. I've loved getting to know him over the past year or so and really excited about what they're building down in Miami. There's uh, a little bit of FOMO on my part, you know, living in Indianapolis and knowing what they're doing down there. But kudos to them. Hope they continue to kill it in the months and years to come. And I really think they will. So if you enjoyed this show, I've got a small favor to ask. Well, actually one of two. One, if you're not already subscribed to the show, go and do that right now. Wherever you consume podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, Amazon, wherever you consume podcasts, go there right now, click the subscribe button so you know each and every week when a new episode drops. All the cool kids are doing it. Downloads are going through the roof, so make sure you're on that list. If you are subscribed, do me one small favor. Go a step further, and instead of giving me the rating and review, go on to Instagram whichever your favorite show was. I want you to take a screenshot of it, tag me in it, at Rob Train Systems, and just, hey man, put it out into the world. Tag me in your story so I can share it and just show the world all the great people that we have had on this show over the years. So if you would do one of those two things, I would truly appreciate it. So my friend, as always, thank you so much for your support. Love and appreciate you. And we'll be back next week with our next episode. Take care.